Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, and Carl Morris. Visit patreon.com slash positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thanks to all of you for your support. And now, let the show begin. Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of Positively Trek. I say special. This is just, you know, our flagship show. It's nothing particularly special about it. I just happen to think every episode that I get to sit down and talk with Bruce Gibson about Star Trek is special to me. So welcome, everyone, to this episode. I'm Dan Gunther. With me, as I mentioned, is Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be here for this special episode of Positively Trek because it's always special to talk to you, Dan. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> isn't that special? Doesn't that remind you of the church lady? Well, isn't that special? That's how we should end every episode, just the clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> or get Dana Carvey on the show. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I don't have him on our prospective guest list, but I, I might have to add him. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it would be really cool to get some of the Saturday Night Live alum in here that uh, can talk about their experience of doing skits about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I think personally that would include William Shatner. He has been on SNL. So if we invite him in that context, maybe he'll come on the show. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I understand that he doesn't know everything that he has questions because of that new show he's coming <laughs> to rt what was it called yeah like things i don't oh, understand man. something like that something like that yeah <laughs> i i still don't know what to make of that i'm still gobsmacked <laughs> i hope i remember to watch it i need to make a note i was gonna make a note and i forgot but i i want to see that yeah for sure well i don't get rt where i live so you'll have to kind of report on how that is when it comes out because i'm really curious We'll have episodes where I review each episode of that show as a special, <laughs> another special episode of Positively Trek. I love it. I love it. Well, we won't be talking about the content of that show in this episode. In this episode, we're talking about the latest news and information from the Star Trek universe. And there's a bit this week. Now, full disclosure, I do have to say we're recording this episode a little earlier than usual. So we're recording this on Wednesday, July the 7th. So just about a full week before it comes out. So, of course, what's going to happen is there's going to be a trailer drop this weekend or some big, huge news about some development from Star Trek Discovery or Strange New Worlds or Prodigy or Picard. Because, yeah, we're putting it out there in the universe. That's going to happen because we're not going to be able to talk about it on this week's episode. So, yeah, you know, think about it, guys. In the past five days or so, we don't know that exists as we're recording. No. Like, <laughs> so put that all out of your heads. 
Wait till another episode comes out, and then we'll talk about all that great, wonderful stuff. I'm really looking forward to that new series they just announced the other day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, and the movies? Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Who would have like, expected that? I mean, we've always had rumors, but now it sounds like it's really happening. Yeah, and, and the big name Hollywood star and stars that they announced for it and them, wow, I'm just, I'm blown away by the fact that they could get that star power on, on just without us fans knowing. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. And the invention of the holodeck? I yes. was stunned. Oh, stunned. blew my mind. Blew oh, my, my gosh. Mind. They said they're going to be released in Walmart in about two weeks. We can actually <laughs> That's buy amazing. one. That's it's, amazing. It's crazy. Yes. So there you go, everybody. Just please edit that as appropriate based on what happened over the past few days. And uh, this episode will, in fact, fit what uh, has occurred in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to freak anybody out who's like, wait, wait, wait. Are they serious? Is there a new movie? Is there a new series? No, 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 there's not. Unless something has been announced, but no, no. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's true. No word on uh, any continuing current movies other than what we've already learned so far the kind of back and forth about that sort of thing but speaking of star trek films there's some work being done on an old movie which is pretty interesting so this stumbled across my desk here when i was looking up star trek news and bruce i think you said something similar where you'd seen this announcement of a new 4k set of star trek films coming out but shortly after that, there's another announcement that the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture is going to be remastered and restored for a future 4K release. Wow. I mean, right? <laughs> I, you know, there have been some rumors of this. I thought it might happen. But honestly, the director's cut is the preferred cut for me to watch mm -hmm. the motion picture. I don't mind watching the original theatrical cut, and I just rewatched it not that long ago. But I do, I do miss the director's cut when I watch the theatrical. It, it's just it, it has it's just tighter. I like the special effects that have been added, and the additional scenes it's needed in there. So I really enjoy this, and was hoping we would get a new version that would work not just in HD, but yeah, in 4K. Absolutely. And so this is pretty cool. The Star Trek.com released this statement and this really cements it. So they say Paramount and Paramount Plus are excited to announce that a full restoration of the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture has been greenlit. The restoration will be undertaken by producer David C. Fine, restoration supervisor Mike Matasino, and visual effects supervisor Darren R. Docterman, all of whom worked previously with director Robert Wise. The film will be prepared for presentation in 4K Ultra HD with Dolby Vision, high dynamic range, and a new Dolby Atmos soundtrack. And this is the key part here. The restoration is expected to take six to eight months and will launch with an exclusive window on Paramount+. Plus. So this news that we're going to talk about of this 4K Blu-ray release, uh, that's not this. So don't buy that expecting that the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture will be in there. This is a future release that's at least six to eight months down the line and will be released on Paramount Plus initially and hopefully later also on physical media as well. So this 4K box set, like you said, it's just the theatrical version being released in 4K. And then yes. this one, the director's cut, will be a, 
approximately about another year later. But I'm I'm just so stoked that they're actually working on this. You know, I was hoping when I f- first saw this announcement, it would be like, we've been working on this in secret for the last year and here it is. But no, no such luck. It's It's coming, though. That's so exciting. I love living in America because this is where I was born and raised. But I'll tell you one of the reasons I love this country is because I know that whatever is released on Star Trek, I'm going to see it on Paramount+. Plus, So I don't have to worry. But then I think about people like you, Dan, who do not live in this country, and it's like, how are you going to see it? I mean, if it com- comes out on Paramount+, Plus, what's going to happen in Canada? Is it yeah. going to be on, what, on anything? I don't know. That's a great question. I, I hope it's released somehow here. I'd love to see that in 4K or even just HD. The previous director's edition was only ever available on DVD. So, you know, just a little side note, a bunch of my friends, we had come over to our house regularly. This was before the COVID times, and we watched all of the Star Trek films over the course of a few months. And it didn't matter that every single other movie we watched in Blu-ray high definition, when it came to the motion picture, I took out the standard definition dvd of the director's cut because like you it to me is the definitive edition of this movie so while we do have to wait a while for the director's cut of the motion picture we do like we talked about have this 4k release of the first four star trek films which is an odd choice so it's the motion picture through the voyage home i guess in the set that's coming out in september of 2021 Now, I do have to say the cover art for this set is absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to buy it just for the cover art or anything like that. But they did do a nice bit of art for this release. Yeah, I like how we see Kirk in his motion picture uniform. We see Spock in the motion picture uniform. And with them standing there is McCoy in his maroon Wrath of Khan onwards uniform. So I've never seen those uniforms standing side by side together like that. My favorite is Sulu in his just civilian wear at the bottom with his arms crossed. That's my favorite bit. Yeah, you know what? (laughs) Sulu's got his arms crossed next to Khan, who's got his arms crossed. Like, they're hanging Mm -hmm. out together like, yeah, we're bad. The two of us are bad together. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a giant Decker and Ilea looming over the, uh, the hills of San Francisco there, which is kind of fun. I didn't know they were giants, but... (laughs) I guess when they merged, they could be just about anything they wanted to be. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, all joking aside, I love this bit of art. I would love this as a poster somewhere on my wall. Yeah, I can see that. I Yeah, this is, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes don't you just want to buy it just because you like the cover? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I can't justify it, but sometimes in the back of my head, I'm, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get to a book cover here later in the show, but sometimes, I do judge a book by its cover because I look at that cover and I go, I want that book because the cover looks so good. So when I look at the jacket art of something like this, it makes me want to buy it, but I'm not going to because I don't need it. Well, another bit of Star Trek that I'm really looking forward to that we won't be getting, unfortunately, this year, but we will be getting it next year is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And just today, as we're recording this, Anson Mount, who plays Captain Christopher Pike, tweeted something interesting and he said last episode of season one starts shooting today old school fans are going to be very excited to see what we're trying to pull off with this one 
getting to do many things I've never attempted as an actor. So much fun. And then, of course, with the hashtag Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So, wow, what could this be alluding to? I, First of all, I would love to work on a show like this, like some project where I have to sign all these NDAs and stuff, because I would have so much fun just like vague booking and vague tweeting and really getting people talking and guessing about what's going on, knowing that I have all the answers and they'll never know until it airs. Yeah, so... Okay, I haven't thought about this very much, but okay, old school fans are going to be very, all in caps, very excited to see what we're trying to pull off with this one. Okay, so my first thought when I read that was, oh my gosh, we're going to see a young Kirk, which I know a lot of people would not be happy with because I've heard people express that opinion before, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that. But that was my first thought. Then he says, getting to do many things I've never attempted as an actor. So it's got to be something that we're excited about, but is so different from anything Anson Mount has ever done in his acting career. Something that he is doing. What could that be if you think old school? My first thought, just hearing you speak there, my first thought that went through my head is he's going to do like a Captain Kirk fighting move where he jumps sideways off a wall and body slams into some alien. Uh, that That's where, no, I don't know. That's kind of where my mind went, where he's like, oh, he's never attempted this and old school fans are good. I don't think that's it, but that's what went through my head. <laughs> nah, that That's a good one. Doing the Kirk foo is what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And I hope they have Dayton Ward as an advisor with his book there for, for that stuff. Oh, I was hoping that Ansem Matt would take down Dayton Ward. I thought that would be interesting. <laughs> Use the moves that he learned from Dayton on Dayton. That would be really interesting to me. What if they both did that jump at the same time and they just hit each other's feet and they fly off of each other? I'm pretty sure the universe would implode at that point. <laughs> I think the sheer power of the Kirk Fu move at that point would cause like a quantum singularity that would collapse the entire universe. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm thinking of water. I don't know why I'm Hmm. just, for some reason I'm thinking he's in doing some kind of weird water scene. (laughs) I don't know why that came to my mind, but that to me comes as a something he's never attempted as an actor. Yeah. But maybe acting, maybe, maybe it's not about what he's like something as an actor. Maybe it's something about his portrayal. Like he's portraying, uh, maybe they've gone through their deadly years, for example. Hmm. You know, he's yeah, never that could be. played uh, an aging person, a quickly aging person. Or the reverse could be like the animated series. He is getting younger. And then we see baby Anson Mount. And that could be. I don't know why they would have Anson Mount play the baby. No, I'm just kidding. But they would CG him as a baby. <laughs> I love it. Ultimate de-aging technology. Yeah, for sure. Okay, here's my outside the box thinking. Old school fans are going to be very excited. So I'm going to focus on the old school part of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking back to like the schematics of the Enterprise that came out really early on that were done. So my thinking is there's a pivotal scene in the final episode of season one of Strange New Worlds that takes place in the ship's bowling alley. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like that. Oh, yep. I love. Yeah, I'm I, sure that's what it is. I love the idea of seeing aspects of the ship we've never seen before in any Star Trek before. That would Absolutely. be cool. Like you know, just a swimming pool, for example, and like you said, like a bowling alley, or you know, they have a ballroom and they're all ballroom <laughs> dancing. <laughs> I, I don't For know. some reason, sorry, when you said ballroom, I pictured like a ball pit, like a, like a play place that kids <laughs> yeah. play in. <laughs> yeah, they're all jumping in the balls. <laughs> I like that. Spock is going, bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, but, uh, or they have a disco, you know, who knows what they yeah. do. Well, we saw some kind of disco type stuff in Discovery and what, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, getting to do many things. I've never attempted as an actor. Maybe the two aren't really related, though. Yeah, I don't know. But really fascinated by this. I love the calling out of old school fans. They're going to be very excited. I think we're in for some really fun surprises. I, I think, honestly, anything we've guessed is probably nowhere close to what's going on. But uh, I'm looking forward to that moment when we watch the show and kind of go, oh, that's what he meant. That's so cool. We have to bookmark this tweet so we can go back to it when we watch the last episode of season one. And maybe we play a clip of this conversation so we can just laugh at how stupid we were. Or we're amazed that we actually were on target on one of those. Yeah, totally. Uh, bowling alley. I'm holding out for that. I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> it really could be because as an actor, he probably has not done a bowling scene. So yeah, that could very well be. He could Definitely. play one of the pins for all we know. Well, speaking of, of tweets and other social media where we learn stuff about Strange New Worlds, there was another one and, and Trekcore.com alerted me to this with their, with their tweet about it. But uh, they, they had a picture of the new dedication plaque for the Enterprise from Strange New Worlds. This was revealed by series director of photography Magdalena Gorka on her Instagram stories. And I'll have a, I'll have a link to that as well, to her Instagram account. But this gorgeous bronze plaque for the Enterprise. Now... We saw the dedication plaque for the Enterprise in season two of Discovery, and it was kind of that that gray, metallic, slate-looking thing. But they've changed it so it's closer. It better matches the dedication plaques that we've seen in the original series. Uh, it doesn't match it perfectly. It doesn't look exactly like it. But it is this beautiful, gorgeous bronze finish to it with uh, the the delta on it is no longer like the split delta like we saw on Discovery. Instead, it's the whole one with the little slash going through it. My favorite part is the original dedication plaque said Starship Class. This one says Starship Class, colon, Constitution, which I think is brilliant. It is, because it's not just the Starship Class. We know that it's a Constitution Class Starship. We've now just rearranged the words, but the original plaque did say Starship Class. Now we're specifying which of the classes it is. Like the later dedication plaques we get, it has word like names of all the production people and stuff. And of course, at the very bottom, place of honor, Commander-in-Chief Gene Roddenberry. So that's always a nice touch. I always like that. Well, then it has the tag at the bottom. It says, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Now we know in the original series it was where no man has gone before. And then in TNG, they change it to no one. 
Mm-hmm. But now in this era, we are go- using the TNG version of No One. And that was on the original plaque that was used on the Enterprise in the Discovery series. Now, did we see that plaque very well on screen or did we just see close up images online? I think it was pretty well visible on screen in those opening moments when Pike first walks on the bridge. I think in the second last episode of the season. That's when we finally get to see the Enterprise Bridge. I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know if that there's any close-ups that I recall, but it is pretty clear in frame. And with high definition the way it is these days, you can pick out some pretty crazy details. So I, I think it was pretty prominent as far as I remember. So, okay, watching Enterprise or the Starship Enterprise on Discovery, we would probably notice that just a Starship class and no Constitution but it says it now on this one, which I'm sure at mm-hmm. some point we will see that on screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And there was that report uh, a while ago where they said that some of the elements of set design and uniform design had been changed a bit from what we see in Discovery. So this is kind of our first glimpse at what some of that might might look like. And if this is any indication, I mean, it's one little thing to kind of extrapolate from, but it does feel like they're making efforts to bring it just a little bit more in line with what we've seen in the original series, at least with the aesthetic and and the materials used and stuff. Well, I'm just really interested to see the uniforms because it does Mm. sound like we've said, we've heard that they've made some changes to it, nothing significant. But the collars are more in line with the style of the Discovery uniform collars, but of course black to ma- match the color used of the collars on the original series. I just wonder if that style of collar will match more of what we saw, not just on the original series, but even in the Kelvin Timeline movies. Mm-hmm. Or in the cage and stuff as well, because that was slightly different from the original series as well. That's possible too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting they're not, like you said, they're not going to be significant changes, but it'll be fun to kind of get our little nerd glasses out and looking at all the little tiny things they've changed because that's always been a big part of my fandom, obsessing over the little tiny details and I'm glad to be able to do that a little bit more now, too. <laughs> but then how do you work it all together? You know, are we going to make everything look more closer to TOS, the uniforms and the bridge so that you could say, yeah, over time? Yeah. Then it kind of blends into that series better. Yeah, could be for sure. I mean, it's never going to match exactly and I'm not going to ever expect it to. But I like that they're kind of paying homage and and moving in that direction a little bit. At least that's what it seems like with this little tiny data point we have here. I agree. I, I'm Yeah, I'm fine with it not matching exactly, but honoring it and respecting it and coming somewhat close to it, but more of an updated look and a more higher production look. And I mean, I already didn't have many complaints about the way the Enterprise and its bridge looked in Discovery. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. And I'm sure whatever they've come up with is going to be at least as gorgeous as that. So uh, if nothing else, we're going to get a lot of eye candy as far as set design and stuff goes with this series. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just really anxious to your point about bowling alleys. I mean, I think that would be cool to see a bowling alley, but I really do (laughs) want to see different aspects of the ship that we've never seen before. And and like like I said, in any series, I think that would be Mm. really interesting because now you're just exploring and expanding that whole starship because the starships are big. 
we tend to see kind of the same areas all the time. The bridge, people's quarters, you know, a conference room of some type, the turbolifts, engineering, sick bay. We kind of just stay with those. I mean, I know we've explored some other areas, but these ships are, you know, pretty big. I mean, gosh, Discovery has like this whole thing that turbolifts fly through this big <laughs> area in the middle of the ship. Yeah, totally. I, I would love to see more of the ship, more interesting little areas that we've never seen before. But I think I would also like to see some of the classic areas reimagined a little bit. Like, I really want to see whoever the engineer is on the ship at this time crawling up like a, a 45 degree angle tube to like adjust something in, you know, this little tube in a wall kind of thing. That's just so iconic. Scotty's always in there fixing stuff. I want to see that. Like, just the little things like that that make the old-time fans go like, ah, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling we will see that. Which just surprises mm -hmm. me we haven't seen that in Discovery. I always assumed, or, or, or somebody pointed this out, and it kind of makes sense, that the, like, 45-degree tube is maybe supposed to signify the like warp pylons that go up to the warp engines and Scotty's making an adjustment in there. Oh. So I could see why maybe they wouldn't do that in discovery because they don't have the same ones. But if, if that's what that's supposed to represent, that would be cool to see in strange new worlds. I never thought of it as being that. I don't think that's true though, but that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know for sure that it's true either, but somebody mentioned that once and I was like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. But yeah, I never thought of that. Is that how that is in Star Trek Enterprise when we saw In the Mirror Darkly? Because we did see them crawling up that into an area where they're fighting the Gorn and stuff, but that wasn't in the nacelles, was it? No. I don't think so, no. It was just an engineering deck or something like that, yeah. So what else would you be interested in seeing in Strange New Worlds? Because I think these tweets have kind of opened it up more for me in my head as to like picturing what was going on in that show and what we might see. Like, is there anything that you're like, Oh man, I hope they do that. Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind, it's not that exciting, but it always drives me crazy when you watch TOS and you see people in their quarters and there's no windows. I want to see some windows. Mm, yes, absolutely. You know, what's funny. The only time we see a window in someone's quarters is in the cage yes. is in captain Pike's quarters. Yep. But whenever we see Kirk or Spock or whoever in their quarters, there are no windows. So that's a really good point. I don't know. What, is there something that you want to see? I wouldn't mind seeing some classic alien races kind of reimagined a bit. So we get the Andorians and the Tellarites, of course, in Discovery. But I would love to see some other old school TOS aliens come up. Now, you know, we couldn't really do the Gorn because that was supposedly their first contact with Kirk. But maybe something like those little tiny gold guys from the Babel Conference, like other Federation members that we don't know a lot about. So, yeah, people like that. I don't know. Maybe a Magatu. That would be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I want to see the Arboretum. I want to see like a really full, like weird plants, a big area on the ship. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. And they've got to have that plant that uh, was named Gertrude or Beauregard, depending on who you asked. It was like the little plastic hand thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which actually, we did see that plant in season three of Discovery and it was CGI. So, but um, I want to see like the old school, like somebody's got their hand in a glove. <laughs> yeah, that 
no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I don't want to keep revisiting things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to revisit, like, oh, they also ran into the Doomsday Machine. Oh, they also met a Gorn before Kirk met a Gorn. That doesn't really make sense. Oh, they, you know, Tribbles, oh, like, which we've already had a Gorn skeleton in Discovery. We've already had Tribbles in Discovery, or short treks, I should say. But, you know, I don't want to visit the well too much. So I'm assuming you probably don't want to see younger versions of the characters we see from TOS after Pike, eh? I I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind maybe one or two. I don't want to do like we've seen them all. Like, oh, look, there's Chekhov when he's 10. Like, I don't I don't need that, you know? That's exactly who I was just thinking of, too. Like, <laughs> some you know, visiting ambassador or engineers consultant or something brings his kid on board and it's Chekhov. <laughs> right. Oh, look, there's a teenage Rand on a school trip field trip on the Enterprise. <laughs> like, I don't need that stuff. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind at some point if they brought in a young Kirk. Like, that's fine. I, if it makes sense and it works, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't mind if Scotty's the engineer right now or Hmm. one of the engineers on the ship that i can deal with yeah if any of them were to appear for whatever reason i just don't want it to be all that often just maybe once maybe twice well i can tell you one thing that i don't want to see on strange new worlds and there's like a 50 50 chance they're going to do this because this has been a thing that happens a lot in recent star trek I don't want them to go up against some sort of crazy wild galaxy universe ending threat that's going to like wipe out all life in the known universe or something like that. I don't want that. I want smaller adventures. <laughs> no, agreed. I'm I'm I get a little tired and it gets a little old that Earth is under some big threat or the galaxy is under some big threat. I this you're not going to I don't know. <laughs> you're not going to like this. I almost want to explore something about Cybok. Hmm. You know, because no one has really explored Cybok outside of the Final Frontier. And these crew members are not part of Star Trek V, the Final Frontier. So they won't, they can know about Cybok in this show because that won't interfere with Kirk and McCoy not knowing who Cybok is in the Final Frontier. I mean, I wouldn't mind like doing something with Cybok where people were like, you know what? Because of what they did with Cybok in that one episode, I really like the character now. It makes more sense. Or I just thought that might be interesting. Yeah, that's something that like new versions of shows and stuff do a good job of sometimes is kind of rehabilitating some of the wackier ideas. Taking something like Cybok, which is generally not the most lauded idea by fans, and kind of rehabilitating that character a bit could be a lot of fun. I just had an idea where, you know, there's maybe... From the second season of Discovery, there's a picture taken that has Spock with the beard and like Cybok shows up and he's like, hey, I saw you were wearing a beard. I grew one too. Yay, we can be. And then he sees Spock all clean shaven. He's like, oh, darn it. Okay. I thought we could match. I thought we could be beard brothers together. (laughs) Exactly. But he decides to keep it anyway because, you know, he looks pretty good in a beard. Yeah. No, that that would be funny. Yeah, that sounds like a, a lower decks thing, but that yeah, won't work, totally. But yeah. Oh, I'm just waiting for Mariner to say, "Dude, don't be such a cyborg," or something to Boimler. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, to close out today's episode, I do want to share a bit of book news that uh, actually came out last week, a new cover that was revealed, but we kind of, it came out just a little late after we recorded. So uh, we do want to cover that this week. We have the cover for Star Trek Coda Book One, Moments Asunder by Dayton Ward. And this is the first book of a trilogy that is basically tying up the uh, the expanded Treklet universe continuity that started with the Deep Space Nine relaunch and continued on uh, for quite a while. So, yeah, this is an interesting cover. So we see Star Trek Coda at the top, and the main feature is the Enterprise E firing phasers from an unorthodox location on the ship and this kind of swirling blue and red nebula with maybe like timeline stuff going on in the background. I'm not sure. Kind of this grid pattern that might indicate timelines or or spatial grids or something like that. I mean, I love the look of the Enterprise on this cover. I love the colors because there's blue there. blues and purples and yeah the enterprise is firing a phaser i mean i like it it tells me that it's going to focus on the enterprise probably more so than any other ship at least in this book i do like the logo of star trek coda i find it interesting that they're using the style of font for star trek as was established in the original series and now we're seeing used in discovery and, and, of course, Lower Decks, and I'm expecting we'll start to see that in the second season of Picard. But the most recent novels in the 24th century have not really been using that old style, which is now the style logo of Star Trek. I, I wonder, and, and we'll link to an article on the Trek Collective, uh, one of my favorite Star Trek websites, by the way. And the author wonders if this will be a triptych type cover, like if we'll have like the three covers all kind of come together to create one image as we've seen in the past. That would be pretty cool. The back cover blurb says something like the crews of Jean-Luc Picard, Benjamin Sisko, Esri Dax and William Riker unite to prevent a cosmic level apocalypse. I'm wondering if the other covers will show the Robinson, the Aventine and the Titan. Okay, so I hadn't thought about that. I am almost convinced that that's what's going to happen, that you could put these three covers together. Because if you look at this cover, the right side of the Enterprise is a bit cut off. We've got room on the other side, but for some reason, the edge of the book cover is cutting that off. But I can see that, yeah, we could see that little piece of the hull on the next cover with the other ships. And just and if that's true then that you can put these together and see all the ships together, then to me that would also indicate that this book probably doesn't just focus on the Enterprise. It's just that this cover does because when you put them all together, you get all the ships that are represented in all three books. And also if you look at the lines that kind of create a semicircle, we're seeing like the left side of it. Yes. And there could be more of that continuing on. This is going to be, I think, pretty epic. I'm really looking forward to this. Kind of bittersweet, though, because it's going to be tough to say goodbye to that continuity. But I'm really curious to see how they're wrapping it up, because I I love that they're not just ending it and it's done and, like, we're moving on. You know, they're crafting this story that's designed to kind of wrap it up. So I love that we get this, this, well, coda, basically, to the... Treklet universe. And I like to think that we're not done 
in this continuity that there may be references in other books that come out mm. that somehow, you know, touch on this continuity. If this is another timeline or whatever it is, whatever is established in relation to the continuity we're getting with Star Trek Picard, if the books start focusing more on that new continuity, there's no reason why there couldn't be some book where, you know, the Riker of the new continuity sees the Riker of the other continuity and we're, we're getting that blend. So there could be some revisits at some point. Yeah. And like you say, even just small references, I like, like we got the reference to the Robinson and James Swallow's novel. So yeah, like the little things that they've created here could still spawn interesting stuff in the prime regular continuity universe, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, these books are always around. There's so many of Absolutely. them. There's so many <laughs> of them that, you know, it's worth a reread if you haven't reread them. We've been doing that. We've done, we've reread a lot of these books and there's enough there. It's not like, oh, this was a six book series or a 10 book series and all we got was 10 books. We've got dozens of them mm -hmm. in this continuity. I mean, it has to end at some point. We're not going to go 50 years down the road and we're still in this continuity, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it was going to end eventually. Yeah. And regardless, we'll talk about any and all of them here on Positively Trek in our book club episodes. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, that's still a thing. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, well, we'll see how this plays out. I, I'm anxious to see how they handle it in CODA because I Definitely. don't want, and I've mentioned this before, I'm hoping that it's a very unique way of blending these continuities in some manner, as opposed to just saying, oh, it's an alternate universe. I mean, more likely that's probably what they're going to do, but I almost want to go, oh, I didn't see that coming. That's interesting. I just assumed it was another timeline, but it's not quite that. Yeah, I'm almost counting on that. Like the way these authors have talked about this, I feel like they've come up with something which, you know, may ultimately turn out to be something of a parallel reality or, or different timeline. But I think they're going to do it in an interesting enough way that it doesn't feel like just that it's going to be something special, I think. And we haven't seen the supernova played out at all in the lit verse. Where no, it's played out all. years before the supernova occurs in the current continuity. So I have a feeling there's a play there. Well, we want to hear from our listeners. What do you think of anything we've talked about today, including the Star Trek lit verse? What are your expectations for how they're going to wrap that all up? And what do you want to see in Star Trek Strange New Worlds? We'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us. You can reach us positivelytrek at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and read them on an upcoming episode as well. Well, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions and in the Positively Trek discussion group, which is my favorite hangout on Facebook. Just search for that and we will let you write in as soon as you agree to our rules. And guess what? You guys can find me on Twitter. I would really appreciate more follows because I'm going to tell you why. And I mentioned this probably a couple months ago. I am just shy of a thousand followers on Twitter and I don't <laughs> care. But every time I look, it's like nine, nine, five, nine, nine, three, nine, nine, seven, nine, nine, three. I cannot break a thousand. It's taking me months. <laughs> it's just hovering right there. And so I, I beg of you, 
to help me just see what a four-digit follower number looks like on my account, even if it's brief and I drop back down. Just follow me on Admiral underscore Rex. Like, you get nothing for that, except that I'm happy. <laughs> it's so stupid and I shouldn't care, but I just look at that and I go, gosh, when am I going to break a thousand? It's pitiful. It really is. Especially when I look at my niece who doesn't do a podcast or anything and she's got like 5 million freaking followers, it seems like. But So then you can also follow me on Instagram where I don't hardly have any followers <laughs> at Admiral Rex. But hey, you know what? You can listen to me on other podcasts. Sometimes you'll hear me on Literary Treks or the Star Wars Report. But hey, yeah. Look for me on Twitter. Well, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Positively Trek. And like I said, check out the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. And I would like to take this moment to thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for all of your help. If you're able, we'd really appreciate the support. And thank you all to everyone who has already supported us. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, as always... Stay positive. This gorgeous blonde... Blondes? (laughs) You like those blondes, don't you, Dan? (laughs) (sighs) Well, isn't that special? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.